Recording from ASEAN. This is your favorite youth channel. Tap the EYO podcast. Recording from ASEAN. This is your favorite youth channel. Tap the EYO podcast. Hi, Tapas. Today, today, today. Did you guys miss me? My name is Scott, your host, and this is my co-host, Anja. Anja. So today we have a very special episode dedicated to millions and millions of people. I wouldn't say suffering, but living in this state of mind. We will be talking about mental health, ladies and gentlemen. So today we have a very special guest speaker with us today. Her name is Hanan Talia and she is studying psychology in university. Okay, Talia, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Here, here. Um, hi, everyone. Um, honored to be invited here. Thank you, Anja and Scott, for the brief introduction. <laughs> yeah, some of you may have known me as the project officer of WISAT Mental, which is a mental health awareness movement in Universitas Indonesia, or perhaps Dicheritait, um, which is another mental health initiative that I'm currently involved with. If you haven't heard, do check it out. We have a peer counseling application, particularly for university students, where you can talk to you know peer counselors um, who has been trained with psychologists, or, you know, you may have heard me in several other organizations because, you know, I've been long interested in issue and involved in well-being. So many of my involvement revolves around, you know, understanding communities and run projects. And that's also perhaps what brought me to, you know, my degree in psychology. So I'm not actually a psychologist yet, but I really do hope, you know, today's discussion can help bring positive impact in people's lives. That's wow, really she may great. not be a psychologist, but she sure is famous. <laughs> And she is very concerned about, you know, mental health issues. So she's the right speaker for this month team, which is mental health awareness. Being that this month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month, we have a very, very nice and friendly speaker here today with us, Talia. And she will be talking to us on why should we as human beings, as brothers and sisters, friends and family, as neighbors, to be concerned about mental health so in terms of mental health i think um before talking about the awareness i'd have to talk about you know what is mental health first exactly so um in terms of that uh, mental health is actually a state of well-being it's not just um you know most people mistake it as you know the extreme version of mental health for example schizophrenia and then the mood dysregulation disorder you know most people think of you know disorders when thinking about mental health but actually it's more than that, it's also about you know contributing to society. It's also about um, working productively. It's about you know being able to cope with the stresses um, in life. So it's not um, so it's like mental health is a, a bigger spectrum than than what most people think. And then in terms of mental health awareness, especially in the spirit of May, um, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. It's time you know, to raise awareness, of, especially for those living with mental health or behavior health issues, and to help reduce the stigma with, uh, that so many ha- may have experienced. And in terms of you know, um, how far along we are, <laughs> I couldn't say exactly, you know, um, especially in Southeast Asia region, you know, we have a significant burden due to mental health illnesses. You know, it has been a low priority, but we do have mental health policies, actually, although um, while we do have policies, you know, ground um, like implementation can be hard. It remains a huge challenge. That's why, you know, mental health awareness is really important. Wow, that's yes, that that is indeed. I mean, like, especially when millions of people are not exactly celebrating, but acknowledging May as Mental Health Awareness Month 
I like to say that May is a great day. It's a good month to make sure your mind doesn't go May Day. Okay, that's, okay. <laughs> that's, that's a good one, Scott. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Andre, how about you? How's the X one? <laughs> okay. Um, I, need, I need to check my mental health. <laughs> sorry, what did you say, Scott? Okay, no, another bad joke. Please continue. Oh, okay, okay. Do I have to cut you off? Do I have to tr stop you from making another bad joke? Please do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, talking about uh, the importance of mental health again, how important it is to be aware of our mental health status, Talia. I think it's very important. I think many, if not all aspect, aspects of our life relate to mental health. I think it affects the way we think, we feel, and we act. I think when we are stressed, we tend to get angry, you know, we just like, you know, want to get <laughs> into fights, for example, when we are stressed. It determines how we, you know, handle stress, how we relate to others, and then how we make choices. You know, I think when we are not in a good condition, when we are, you know, in a low place in our lives, we tend to make bad choices. And that's why, you know, mental health is really important. <laughs> After all, you know, how would you stay uh, mentally healthy if you're not aware of your mental health itself? True, true. Oh, one personal question, though, like, how do you know, uh, you know, like, how are you, what tips would you give to, you know, our listeners uh, to be more aware of our mental health status? Because sometimes, you know, like women, for example, sometimes we're just like, oh, probably it's hormones, probably it's this, it's that, you know, how are we became more aware towards our mental health status that, oh, I'm not well, I'm probably depressed. Um, I think a lot of people might ask, you know, I think this is a question that a lot of people ask, like, um, am I actually, you know, is, am I mentally healthy? Am I, you know, uh, do I have, you know, disorders? And I think one thing that uh, is important to note is when, you know, um, your condition is, uh, is starting to affect, you know, your social life or, you know, your physical health. Um, that is when you need to, you know, try to look into and reflect um, um, for example, looking for symptoms, but I don't recommend, you know, uh, the diagnosis yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, if you have some concerns to talk to, uh, for example, perhaps your parents first, if they're, you know, well aware of like mental health, because some parents, especially in Southeast Asia, for example, perhaps when you talk to them, you know, about mental health, they feel like, you know, what, what, like, this is something that, um, you know, it's shameful, right? But um, I think, yeah, it's important to note, you know, when it's starting to affect your lives, um, it's, um, it's better, you know, perhaps try to research first um is it um and you know perhaps you know when um stress being stressed uh, one day uh, once it's okay but when you are getting stressed for example it gets into twice a week and then every day you are being stressed then it's become harmful to you if you have heard you know um, sometimes it can, it can affect us physically so one thing that i learned um because actually i'm in a psychology uh, degree right in my uh, university um sometimes um when um, especially in southeast asia uh, when someone is you know reporting symptoms of mental health they don't report it as um, I'm overthinking, I'm being stressed, but they um, they reported it is as you know they are feeling sick in the stomach, for example, or they are feeling you know um, yeah sick in the head. So yeah, it's so it's more it, like a physical symptom. Yeah. So it's manifest manifested into uh, physical symptoms as well. Yeah. Hmm, I see. What do you think, Scott? On a most serious note, usually when people have problems in life, they would try to find a solution to it. So why? aren't as many people going to psychologists or psychiatrists, but these people are, well, expensive, right? Why yeah. can't they just go to counsellors instead or some free hotline to call? 
the first one, I think even in, at the awareness level itself, I think many men would be aware that where they can have access to mental health resources, for example, so they don't know where to go to. And in that regard also that in a lot of many places you cannot go to, for example, in the hospital near you, they don't have, you know, like mental health resources. They only have, you know, like doctors, mm-hmm, physical doctors. So yeah, I think there's a lot of barrier to mental health, um, especially in Southeast Asia, um, because, because some people may not even go to a doctor, they go to, you know, they do ex- exorcism, for example, which I think is pretty funny. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, but it's also very, very unfortunate because, yeah. you know, like for the victims or, you know, the people who are living with the uh, mental health um, conditions, it means they're not getting help. Instead, you know, they're getting judged for not being religious. They're not being, you know, close to their God. And, you know, a lot of times the, the, the problem, it's not because they don't have relations to, you know, their spirituality or something. Sometimes it's, it's even, even more complex than that. Is that, is that correct, Talia? Yeah, I think that's correct. Um, and that's, you know, as if you heard, you know, there, there is a lot of stigma going around mental health. And that's one of them. Like, if you're not, um, if you don't have like mental, uh, good mental health, or for example, if you complain about, I'm feeling overthinking lately, I feel like um, my life is being uh, hard. And then people think that you're just not, you know, be trying hard enough. You're just not, you know, being faithful to God, not being thankful enough of what God has given you. But yeah. and a lot of times it's not about just, you know, it's not only about faith. It's uh, also about, you know, mental health is a real problem. And that's why that, that's, um, and it's very concerning to see that people, you know, may have mistake, have mistaken beliefs. Thing, yeah. So, yeah, that's correct. Right. Yeah. Oh, Scott, I want to ask you, uh, mm-hmm. what about uh, the mental health, um, you know, facility in Malaysia? Oh, mental health facilities. Um, well, yes, actually, it, by the government law, um, Section 300 something of the Penal Code does actually state that if someone does try to commit suicide in the country, they will be incarcerated. Wow, yeah. that's like yeah. a double- exactly, exactly. This they're making their lives worse. But although there are certain private institutions in Malaysia that are trying to resolve or mediate this, so yeah, they offer like free counseling to its employees. Like my university has free counseling from psychologists. That's nice. What so- about in your country, Talia? Um, in my country, in terms of, I think it's very different in um, different regions. I'm from Indonesia, actually. Um, yeah. I think um, we actually have come a long way. We have, you know, policy about mental health, as I've said before. Mm-hmm. And we also have, you know, a lot of movement, um, student movement in campus is now, you know, trying to, you know, bring up about mental health, you know, mental health campaigns and not just about mental health, for example, anti-bullying campaigns and then, you know, parental campaigns, because that, are, that also relates to mental health. Um, but yeah. in terms of, you know, government, um, I think while we do have, you know, we recognize that, you know, mental health is an issue that there are, you know, yeah. uh, um, resources that, for example, in hospitals and then um, we have like Puskasmas is, is like a, a small facilities. Um, like a some, clinic, right? Yeah, like a clinic. Yeah. I think some of uh, Puskasmas now have, you know, uh, men, uh, mental health resources, mental health professional you can go to. But yes. um, if we take you know all the regions and there are a lot of places where you know some people may be may have been you know shackled like um they cannot go out of their house and then they are also stigmatized like 
um, they are um, they have these barriers to go. You know, they cannot go to school, or for example, they cannot go to work because people see them like they don't have the capability to you know move yeah. with their life. Yeah, I think that's very concerning. And I think this happens in a lot of places, especially where there yeah, is low level of mental health. And there are also countries who do not have mental good mental health policies. Perhaps um, Scott have said that um, in Malaysia, um, they you know some you know some countries may have persecuted those with mental health. Yeah, uh, that's very, very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Talking about, you know, Southeast Asian countries, I believe that there's, you know, like, like what you said, there's a stigma going around that people going to the psychiatrist or a psychologist are considered um, a shameful phenomenon. Mm-hmm. In other words, one must not or should not have a mental health problem. According to your experiences in your field, um, how did this stigma developed around our society? Why do people see this phenomenon as embarrassing and shameful? I think the first one is, again, low level of awareness because without the right knowledge, you know, with a lack of knowledge come, you know, um, you know, misperception beliefs and then they come, you know, a lot of beliefs that people make up because they don't know. I think that's the way, you know, uh, people actually think that we try to come up, you know, when we don't know something, we try to come up with this, uh, with, you know, a way to uh, bridge that gap of knowledge, but sometimes that comes, you know, um, uh, mistaken beliefs, mistaken knowledge. And then from that on, we can also see that a lot in medias, um, you know, mental health is portrayed, you know, for example, in um, a lot of movies, for example, if you have um, seen the movie Split or the movie, you know, like, I think Joker Ah. also have portrayed a bit about mental health, right? And yeah, they are portrayed as crazy people (laughs) who does bad bad things to people. That's why it stems from that and yeah i think and i think many I, i'm not sure but like some exorcist movies actually it like they kind of like um you know you use like mental health institution in you know exorcism movies and i think that's why it comes you know a lot of stigma from uh, what also has been portrayed by the media and then also it i think it comes from generation to generation um, you know, from your parents told the, um, their grandparents told them and the, your parents told you. <laughs> so, Thalia, since you were talking about movies, right, is there any movies rec- in relations to mental health that you would recommend to our viewers? <laughs> oh, that I would recommend. I actually don't watch a lot of movies, but I actually enjoy wow, it. <laughs> but um, I think um, some movies that I just um, watch, you know, I think it's it's okay not to be okay is something that I did watch. I think it's not a, a perfect example, but it does, you know, um, you can um, pick up one or two things from there, there. And then I think other mental health representation, I'm not sure, but I think um, the, the right representation usually comes from short movies you can see in the YouTube videos instead of, you know, mm. big movies, because usually uh, big Hollywood movies just, you know, they try to reach for the views. I mean, they have yeah. a huge budget, so yeah. Anja, what about you? My favorite movies about, men- mental, about health. mental health. It's hard. Wait, let give me time to think. What about you? You seems like you have it in your mind. I have it. I want to recommend this movie to you guys. It what is, is it? a 2001 film, the year that I was born. It's called A Beautiful Mind by Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I- yes. Oh my God, we have the same thing in mind, Scott. Really? Oh, Mine. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's an amazing movie, though. Like, you know, it's it's shed a light on not only shed a light, but also, you know, like uh, it it goes deep into the life of a person who has a sch- schizophrenic um, uh, issues mm. and then how they manage life. And then turns out, you know, even though you have um, mental health issues, you can actually function, you know, well in the society. And he's a professor, right? So, you know, yeah. like that movie actually, um, what is it? Destigmatize and also uh, shed a light on that, you know, people with mental health issues, they can, if, if, if they get, you know, what is it, a proper help, a proper things that they treatment. need, yeah, treatment that they need, they could function well into the society. I do, I do believe. I like the word destigmatize. It's a very good word. Also, we mentioned media outlets, and besides what media has in common with us, it's social media. So if you, dear listeners, have not followed us on our Instagram or Facebook, but follow Instagram because Instagram, you know, we need to rack up those followers, right? And yeah, we true. do create very good, inspiring content. Mm-hmm. Yes, very true indeed. See, Andre does not tell no lies, you know. So <laughs> our Instagram handle is at A-Y-O-R-C-N. A-Y-O-R-C-N. A-Y-O-A-S-E-A-N. So do follow us there, right? Yep. Yeah, go right now. Take a pause. Go get it now, right now. Yep, we will wait. Yep, I suppose yep. that you've done it already. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, now moving on to the next question. Now, as someone majoring in psychology, I did my I did a minor in psychology. So I think it's very important to destigmatize the consequences of someone acknowledging their mental health condition, like mm-hmm. coming out in the open and telling everyone or telling someone that they trust about their mental health state. But I also mentioned before this that there are many countries around the world, like Malaysia, that criminalize mental health. What do you think yeah. and how do you think, how important is this to destigmatize the consequences? Um, yeah, I think it's important that all persons that are valued members of society, I think most people sometimes um, forget that, you know, it's not just, you know, uh, not, you cannot, you know, separate people because all people are, you know, the same. We all have, you know, human rights. And it's concerning that um, the stigma goes around mental health, criminalization um, of mental, uh, people with mental health issues. And I think in a way, it's also an infringement of human rights, I think. Um, and although I do believe in the good of humankind, and I think we are always, you know, come up with, you know, new ways to improve human condition. And we have a long way to go. But there is a lot, I think I see a, a good future looking at a lot of movements that, you know, the students um, trying to come up with. And then there are also a lot of new product. I think in Forbes 30 under 30, um, they are, I think some like mental health initiative has, you know, uh, been put, you know, some people who are initiated, for example, Relief uh, has been put in the Forbes 30 under 30. And then there's also Sato Percent, which is, I think, um, I think is it, it's a huge improvement because before mental health seems, you know, um, just under the shadows. Like people yeah, thought, it, yeah. And now, um, it's try- people are trying to, you know, um, bring up the awareness of mental health. And it's not just only, uh, you know, the work of psychologists and psychiatrists. I think it's also the work of communities. And to take on such a significance, also will need, you know, combined efforts. To be like, like this is, you know, uh, everyone's issues. It's not just like one person issue, but it's it's everyone's. Yeah. 
I think maybe one of the first steps to tackle, uh, you know, the stigma of mental health is, you know, educating the society that it it is not a fight that is supposed to be for one person, but it's for the whole, you know, society, for the whole uh, civilizations to fight this because, um, you know, you may not seem you you may not seem the symptoms or the physical change of a person who who um, you know have mental health issues, but the support and the treatment is, in my opinion, is way more complex than a physical you know a physical diseases. So it needs a a whole you know lot support to help one person to be able to stand up again, to see that life is beautiful again. What do you think, Scott, about this? I think this question is very sensitive and it's also debatable. As someone who has um, de- dealt with some mental health problems in college, especially, who doesn't face mental health problems in college with all the submission? Ooh. Ooh. So um, I do think that uh, someone who has, as someone who has um, suffered from mental health, we sh- we should receive, if not support, if we do not receive support from other people, at least we can receive understanding, yeah. or just acknowledging your situation. And if they don't care, just don't try to make it worse, right? Yeah. So correct. Yeah, I think at the very least, be a decent human being, <laughs> like be kind yeah. to another. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. True. I agree on that. Okay, talking about our society, um, what do you think are the roles that companies, educational institutions, and then you know us as citizens, society, and then governments should play while bringing about the awareness that mental health is something everyone should be made aware of? I guess you know different roles have you know different you know parts in mental health, but I think. Um, if I can generalize, um, so in in you know in psychology we we define we differ four kind of treatments. The first one is promotion, which is uh, in a way that we promote mental health, for example, mm-hmm. or promote um, destigmatization um, and promote you know uh, well being. And then there are also preventive measures. For example, um, peer counseling is a preventive measure, so we prevent people uh, from you know um, from um, being. Um, getting worse in their mental health um, in, in that way. And then there's also curative, which is for example, for medication and then, you know, um, psychotherapy, it goes under the uh, umbrella of curative. And then there's also rehabilitation, which is how we can help people to, you know, go back to move on with their usual lives after, for example, after treatment. And in terms of, you know, for example, students um, and then um the society as a whole, they can do, you know, the promotive and preventive measure. So promoting um, that mental health is something that is, you know, to be, uh, we have to keep, like we have to understand that um, there are issues around mental health, that there, um, that there's also preventive, which is we try to prevent people from getting worse. Um, so for example, if people are stressed, we try to, you know, um, you know, have to prevent that perhaps like making a good environment um, like a supportive environment, you know, for example, from parents or from friends who try to help one another, that's kind of like the pre- preventive measure. And then yeah. for, you know, hospitals and then government, they can, you know, have, you know, uh, try to 
for example, for government, you know, make policies and then for hospital to provide, you know, medication, to provide treatment, you know, psychologists, then to, you know, help them go back to their life when they are actually, you know, has get gotten better, for example. Yeah, I think that's, you yeah. know, everyone has a kind of different role. Uh, we all have, you know, uh, a part to play. And the good thing that we have the shared goal for a better mental health and well-being. Yeah, it's like a chain, you know, like from society to the government to companies, you know, everyone plays a role in, um, you know, destigmatize the mental health issues and also to support uh, the members of, of our society who are currently living with the situations. You mentioned we, it's not in the question list, but I was just thinking about this. Uh, there are a lot of rehabilitation institutes uh, and these rehabilitation uh, centers are supposed to treat them, make them ready for going back to their normal lives. Do you think that these rehabilitation centers are one in one side, one side of you, treating them, making them better? Or do you think that these, the because of the basis of the existence of these rehabilitation centers, people still think that uh, mental health should be stigmatized and and there are a lot of stereotypes that people about people that go there because they are cool in the head or something like that what do you think okay um, I think it's actually helping people but I think the stigma part is not you know I, I don't think it's the rehabilitation fault for people to have stigma <laughs> I think um, in that way then we have to you know uh, help people to understand that this rehabilitation um, is actually you know um, helping people to go to their life and it's not um, because that they do they cannot be able you know they cannot do um, by themselves but it's like a helping a helping mechanism if um, like helping them to cope um, I mean for example, if you have a headache, um, it doesn't mean that you cannot work. It's just like, if you take medication, then that's it, right? It's not like you cannot work if you're, you know, just a, have a simple headache. So like, so yeah, I think that's like a misperception belief that if, if we have rehabil rehabilitation center that it creates stigma. I think um, it's, a, it's a kind of a different thing. We should have the rehabilitation center and we should, you know, do, you know, try to destigmatize, you know, all this um, misperception mm -hmm. um, in mental health. Okay, now we've reached to the last question of the day. What would you say to our listeners right now? If you're still listening on right now, I salute you guys. If you're still listening right now, um, what would Talia say to our listeners that are facing a challenging, challenging time because of well, the pandemic's going on and whatnot and are facing possible mental health concerns? What would you say to them? Some words of advice, words of wisdom. So this is like a closing speech, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think um, perhaps, um, I guess, I think throughout the history, we have seen, you know, all, some of the humanitarian efforts, struggles, and perseverance. I think we see this a lot in the pandemic too. There are a lot of, you know, innovative solutions. There are a lot of ways that people, you know, maybe not may have thought of before the pandemic. And, you know, um, I think it's, um, I believe that this time, in terms of mental health and not just in terms of mental health, I think in terms of everything, we will, um, you know, perform the, our greatest efforts. We will, you know, able to overcome the obstacles that we have. We'll able to, you know, preserve and strive as mankind. 
Thank you so much, Talia. That was really good. Uh, Scott, do you have any advice or any personal note to our listeners who are possibly facing a challenging time? I'm going to give you guys a solution that worked really, really well for me when I'm dealing with exams and deadlines. But this might lead to another issue besides mental health, which is an eating disorder. So I do recommend eating ice cream, something sweet, oh. like chocolate, for example, <laughs> because chocolate actually boosts your endorphin production oh. and you feel more happy. So yeah. you're more happy. Bye-bye, mental health. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is really that. true. I think, you know, like... Our society has been relying a lot on, you know, like uh, you have to work hard, you have to sacrifice, uh, you have to sacrifice everything in order to be, you know, successful. Um, and then, you know, people tend to sacrifice their mental health, right? So I think it is very important to be balanced. You know, it's okay if you're tired go get a rest. It's okay to hang out with your friends. It's okay to chill. It's okay to watch movies. You don't have to study all the time. Enjoy life. Take, you know, take your time to enjoy life. Most I think that is really important to get, you know, some me time for yourself. For yourself. What is, by the way, what is your um, personal um, tips for enjoying life, Talia? For enjoying life? I think yeah. uh, one thing that uh, I really like is like be in the moment because I think a lot mm-hmm. of us um, yeah, live lives sometimes we just don't realize what's happening around us and I think that's also like my weak point sometimes like everything just going by so fast and then you just don't realize but yeah I'm trying to you know enjoy the moment that I have but you know for me time for example just like simply watching YouTube videos <laughs> I think for now yeah. 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 like something just simple and of then course. something yeah, to have uh, fun with, to have like some laughs. Yeah, I think it's very important yeah. as well to, you know, like uh, live in the moment as Talia just mentioned earlier, because a lot of people are worried about their futures, even though it hasn't happened yet. And then, you know, they got anxiety, they got worry because they don't know what the future holds. So, you know, being aware that uh, it is good to live in the moment is you know it it will help your mental health and yeah oh there's a one quote before i'm giving it back to scott um worry is a misuse of imaginations i like that quote right like if you can use your imaginations for the future why don't you imagine something good for yourself don't worry about those Mm -hmm. stuff because it hasn't happened yet okay Scott, I'm giving the stage to you. Yes. Okay, okay. And since we talked about sacrificing and having some me time for yourself, we're very glad that you have made it to a 30, 34-minute mark with us today, today's podcast. And you sacrificed 34 minutes to learn a little bit more about mental health. But not only that, maybe you have learned a little bit more about yourself. So with that... Uh, thank you very much for listening and I'm sure Anja here and Talia here are thankful that you guys are listening and trying to better yourself and better the the world around you by listening to Tap the AYO podcast I'll see you in the next episode see you in the next episode bye
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram at AYOASEAN, Facebook at ASEAN Youth Organization. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell for more updates about our events. See you in the next episode. Stay healthy and take care. Ciao! Ciao.